grill a hot long steak, mister. Six minutes, chef. Will Johnny get fired? <laughs> Will Robbie smack fire from his face? Tune in. I am your host, Bobby Stills. Cross for me, uh, Jonathan Tunamathan? Yeah, Jonathan Tunamathan. Jahani? Yeah. Do they call you Jahani at work? I guess people call me Jahani. Hold on, I'll have to ask your sous chef. <laughs> Please introduce yourself, sir. We do have a guest. I'm um, Rick Pettigrew, sous chef. I'm Rick Pettigrew, Jahani. a.k.a. Jahani's boss. <laughs> All right, so we are recording uh, in Seattle, Washington. Booyah. This is Studio 212. Woo. We are a production of the Soundcasting Network. And uh, what's, what's going to be his nickname today? Johnny, I'll let you choose it. No, it's Big Queef. Big yeah, we're sticking to it. <laughs> Queef Boogie? Yeah, Queef Boogie. I mean, he, whatever. So, yeah, this is episode uh, 44. Yeah. 44, we did oh, it, Johnny. Oh. Johnny, we did it. They haven't thrown us off there yet. I don't know if they could. I, haven't yeah. got, <laughs> I know the owner of this company. Uh, I have not got smacked in public for anything I've said on this show. No. I mean, I haven't said anything too bad. I've been honest, right? No. All the, pe- all the feedback I've got are people like, oh, man, I like how much shit you talk. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're like, uh, you are, uh, you don't hold anything back. You uh, are honest. Uh, you sometimes don't know what you're, what you're talking about. Well, that's so. <laughs> you go get your own show. Right. Then you can talk all the shit you want, homie. All right. Uh, updates real quick. Should we skip the updates? Got my shit push. And this week. <laughs> It's tough. You know, it's like Sundays is an a la carte day at our restaurant. Um, so usually it's a little bit, we have more menu items instead of nine, we do around like 12 or 15. And uh, it was hard. It was hard and fast all at the, all at the beginning. Right. And you it, got nailed. Yeah. And it was like, you got nailed on the rail. Yeah. We were doing two different types of fish. We had a la carte fish and a tasty fish so we could burn out, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, I got a couple cods, I got some gnocchis and then I got a salmon and I had to, I was like running out of burners. Yeah. Was, did you, it, did it you tell me you had to relearn how to cook fish? Is that what I you did, said? Did. I <laughs> they were like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, they just showed, some of them weren't as hot as they needed to be. That's so. right. I mean, yeah. You know, always learning, always growing. You never know. You never realize that the crispy skin is like, this sometimes it's that's too dark. Uh, I don't know about is that. Yeah, it gets bitter. So burnt. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, I'm like I don't know. It's There's, black cod, so it's like it's is it black? Is, it, is, is it that dark in general? Or right? like, oh no, might be some Trump supporters out there eating. I can't handle this. <laughs> too far. Too All right, far. did you eat any? Oh well, hold on. we'll get into where you ate at. Yeah. Uh, my work update. You know, I don't know, man. I, you know, now that they're like, oh, your management, this is that. They're trying to tell me I can't be offensive and stuff. What? I can't grab girls and stuff. What? You know, what exactly? That's your Lude life. Car- <laughs> 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 I don't be grabbing girls. Nah. Uh, I don't do that stuff. I, I be doing. You be ma- grabbing the boys mostly. Yeah, mostly. I be snap. I be like mad pressing up against them in the walk-in trying to reach over them. I'll be like, on oh, your left. <laughs> like, your teddies are on my shoulders. <laughs> Is that your titty dog? <laughs> nah. Nah. No, no, no. But anyway, you know, I just be up there wild and they just be looking at me like, you can't do that now. And I'm like, no, nah, this is cool. It's like, okay. nah, I feel like at Honey Hole, you should be able to do you. You be you, yeah, right? Yeah, be you. Express yourself. No, no, no. But the one thing I'll say, uh, I don't know how many of the people at my work listen to the show. I know there's like one or two, but. Remember last week I said that we got some new people in there. Yeah. They're doing a great job. Nice. Uh, that new girl that was super quiet. She talking? Yeah, I was, I was actually listening to our episode from last week today while I was at work, and I was working right next to her, and I just started cracking up, because I was like, this is weird. <laughs> I'm talking about you on my podcast 
while working right next to you. It's like, what? And I was like, do you want to listen? She's like, that's fucking weird. I was like, you're telling me. It used to be weird, but now I'm used to listening to myself right? now. I like I know. I do, I, do it, I do it at the gym, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah all day. But anyway, uh, so what I was trying to say is that now we got the new kids in there, right? No. Uh, and they're not new. I mean, they're experienced. Uh, they're good. They're, they're, they're hella restaurant. tight. They just got to get, you know, learn the menu. Uh, but now, since they're new, you got the previously new people that were there that now, you know, sometimes think they're above somebody else. And not just that, but they think their shit's tight. Yeah. And then they're slacking on their pimping. Mm. So they're coming in there and they're not doing as as good of a job they used to. They didn't and chop it, all the kale. Well, it, it didn't pick it clean enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's stems in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, my point being is like, yo, I don't want to have to tell you how to do your job. Yeah. And, and then I'm you not, look like an asshole. I'm not that dude. Right. And so I'm just like, you know, I you're setting a bad example for new people. And then I look like a dick when you show them how to do something not correctly. And then I have to correct them. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to be that dude, man. It's uh, know your role. Do your job. Smiles, man. As we've been saying recently, wake your game up. Wake it. Stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. It's sleeping. All right. All right. So that's my update. Uh, did I eat anywhere? No, just be, anything I be, special. I be no, I be eating with my girlfriend. Uh, did I eat anywhere out? Uh, I went to Lionhead. Oh, I haven't been there. You been there? No, is it good? Um, <laughs> you want to talk, talk closer to the mic? No, is it good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went there previously when they first opened up. So they, their shit was tight when I went there the first time. But you know, some of the reviews went down to down the hill. Uh, but I decided to try it again. Like we said, oh, if you have a bad experience somewhere, make sure you go back. Another shot. I went there, and nothing, nothing wowed me. That's at, unfortunate at all. Um, it was good. I mean, I don't have any complaints, uh, but they did have um, pickled um, Szechuan peppercorns, whole ones. So I've worked with that before and I've had it, but never whole. And so you get these bites that have the whole ones in there and your whole fucking mouth goes numb. <laughs> Saliva starts building up and then you're like, it totally changes the flavor of the dish. And I don't know if it's in a good way. So I'm not sure what they're going for. I don't, I don't know. Just whole peppercorns. That, that was the only thing that remained in your head. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They had some crispy skins. I don't remember. I mean, the duck, they, they stripped the duck off and battered it and like the duck skin and they battered it and fried it, which was, I don't fucking, I don't see the point <laughs> because you're taking something that's delicious and crispy and then you're getting it soggy and batter and then you put, I, getting it crispy again. Exactly. But like almost artificially. But then, but then when you put it in there, it doesn't stay crispy in the batter. Yeah, I can see. I see what you're saying. So you're, so you it's get, like you got a crispy double cooking a then, chip or yeah, some and shit then, yeah. and a soggy <laughs> duck on the inside. So I don't know the soggy it, duck skin. And their fucking tables are fucking terrible, man. Like they're nice. It's a nice space, right? And they got yeah. ugly tables. They got that like yo Mama Ling uh, like teriyaki <laughs> joint table, you know, the checkered uh, tablecloth <laughs> and shit. Duh, just the, you know, just them wobbly, just not looking good tables. But uh, my girlfriend's sister was like, uh, I thought you were like Mr. Master, like chef, well, you're going to explain each dish. And I was like, man, this is like Szechuan Chinese. I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> I'm here to enjoy with you. So that's my experience. Uh, I'm that's here just I, as I confused about this. Lionhead, it was, uh, it's on Broadway across from uh, Altura. 
Oh, we've been next door to Poppy. We've been talking a lot about Artura lately. I can't afford to go to that place. I know they they switched to strictly tasting menus all recently. day, every day, yeah, and so. that's what we will be talking about on the show today. Yeah, so I okay. guess it's like one forty five, one sixty five a person. Is that with Parings? Yeah, I think it's two fifty with Parings. With Parings, I don't know. Well, that broad was working there. The yeah, broad and like brought it. Yeah, I brought up here, and she was working at Altura. She's talking they went straight tasting menu. Yeah, and then she it, it's she like a buck forty five for the tasting. She took, that's just without Parings. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That's a that's a that's a pricey man, but mm, yeah, right. I ate there. It was worth it. Yeah, it was good. I've been there. I've been there a couple times. It's I haven't delicious. been there, but I have a couple homies that work there now. Um, shout out Dylan and another guy who supposedly knows me, and I don't know him. What up? Um, <laughs> what up, crew at Altura? Hopefully, yeah. you bumping this in your kitchen. We <laughs> support mean, you. I don't know. You know, I've had people. Amy's son, she worked there for a while. Oh, uh, James okay. worked there. I'm trying to get him to come on the show. He Peter? Who? Your boy? No, no, no. Uh, Big James from, uh, he's at Cure now, I guess. Oh. Charcuterie style. <laughs> uh, Big James from Oddfellows. Ken, oh, Ken, Ken's friend. got you, got you. He was there for a while. Uh, hello, Echo Hawk. Shout out. She didn't last. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Dropping microphones. Uh, don't on. believe. All right. So uh, we'll talk about you two went out on a mandate today, right? Well, my lady was there, but yeah. Why'd you invite her, man? She well, she had the car. It's supposed to be it's too freaky. <laughs> it's too freaky. It's yeah, a little, little freaky. It's supposed to be swingers. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, um, I not, didn't say it. We went out to dinner. We were we try to go out and eat on Mondays. Like that's the day we like. Let's try something new and let's see what's hot. Um, so we went out to Gearin because um, Rick's buddy. Weren't Brennan, you, throw, you threw shade on that place? Uh, well, the first time I went there, the menu. <laughs> I mean, it was no. I didn't throw shade. I said it was good, but it just was wasn't um to me it didn't seem like it was as authentic as it could have been okay you know and then this time i went and it was just like you know we got this we got a kimchi soup um we got pork and beef dumplings we got like um this what was it It was what was it the rice cakes with the octopus yeah those rice cakes with the octopus oh, had like a kimchi sauce fire. oh it was fucking savage Sweet, salty fire <laughs> Oof. It was a lot. And so, and they just kept, we just had them style us out. So we were just like, hey, do you want to just send us out food? And uh, we got like, I want to say like 10 dishes or like something like that. And uh, they broke us off. We got little sake wine shots and stuff like that. We took some with the kitchen. It was nice. Yeah, you got to shout out to Brennan, man. Yeah, like, shout hey, out. What's his last name? Brennan Baker. He was the suet art of the table. The guy's a G. He just took over the CDC job at Garen and... Uh, he showed us love. What's his like, like Brendan Kirksey? Baker. Baker. No, Kirksey was, Kirksey was the OG chef that went on to mm. go to um, Flower and Water. In That's San right. No, he's a G. Like, it was like, just asked him to give him some food, took care of it. And uh, I'll try. You guys didn't even order. No, no I was like, just give me some food. I'm, it's too. That, everything looks great. You that know? that is, that is one thing that I, I I do really like about being in the restaurant industry. Is that you there's have friends. There's a lot yeah. of negatives about it, but there's a lot of positives. When you can roll into a restaurant and just give your boy the head nod. Yep. And then walk over to him and they're like, "What are you going to order?" So we know what you're getting. You just say, "You know what? I'm just going to tell." the server yeah that you're gonna hook it up you and they just send out. us out what you think and then a lot of times they just, they don't send you out full portions you gotta try this you gotta taste right. this and they're like Whatever. well I told you what happened when I was in San Fran right yeah. and the first restaurant I went to I knew the head chef there and I was like ah oh, shit <laughs> they got some shit broken off it was great wine so good experience at Garen yeah great experience you know I definitely would go back uh, let's do uh, one out of a hundred what would you give it I give it an 85. 85? Yeah. What about you? It's 85. I think it's one of the better meals I've had in the last yeah. year. Good food. Um, I mean, I don't know if it was just because it was a slow night, but our server took like 20 minutes to grab our tag. 
And I was like, just grab the check. I, know, I was like, where are you at? You're That's like, what I was saying. Uh, you know, this just coming from that though, when you, whenever you give your server the nod, like, oh, my boy in the kitchen is going to take care of me. They go. They're always going to be like, well, fuck this table. <laughs> yeah, we're done here. Like, we're yeah, done here. Usually that means fat tip though. I broke, oh, well, I we broke, broke her off. off. That's what I'm saying. We broke, her, we broke her off like 40 bucks, I think on 140. Yeah. And um, we yeah, also me, gave the kitchen like 25 or 30. Yeah. See, I went into, I was just telling you about this. I went into Chavez up on the hill just to get some drinks. Yeah. It was busy as hell. I walk in there. A homeboy James, who we used to work with at Oddfellows, was serving. They're like, I was like, the bar's filled. He's like, you can have a seat. And I was like, ah. And they're like, no, it's fine. Uh, they sent us out some free stuff. Shout out to Sai in the kitchen. Hey. Sous chef up there. Mr. Homie. Which I didn't even know you knew him. Well, I know. I mean, I know about him. And he's, I mean, we've met once or twice. And he's my girlfriend's friend. And he knows all the homies in he's the He's a way. G. He's hella good. He knows like hella fools in this industry, too. Because yeah. everybody at Rue knows him, too. He's a homie, dude. Little homie. Little Mikey knows him. Well, he's raised He's raised in Seattle proper. Oh, yeah. So. Wait, wait, what is he? Is he like Filipino or something like that? He's, he's Latino. He's Latino? I believe so. Oh, I thought, I, okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, but they sent us out some stuff, and I was just like, you know, we probably look like assholes here coming in, just not ordering shit. food, yeah. just ordering drinks, and then the kitchen just sending us out shit. They're like, who are these people? Of course, yeah. And then, but we, you know, we tipped fat. You know That's how you do it. You so, gotta show love. Show love. Right. So all right. So let's get to the uh let's get to know Rick a little bit better. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna ask him what's up? Uh, well, no, you have the better questions. I know Rick. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I just wanna know a little bit about you. You from here, like you know, first of all, how old are you, sir? You uh, look like you're about twelve. <laughs> right? I'm older than him. I'm twenty seven, twenty eight yeah, right. next month. Right. No, nah, I'm uh I'm from from California, lived in Georgia for a bit, moved here when I was a kid, you know, lived in Gig Harbor in Tacoma. Moved he loves Tacoma. I T- love Tacoma. T-town. T-town, T-town's the place. You know about that hilltop, homie? I used to live on hilltop. <laughs> 25th of G. Uh, no, that place is ripe for the plucking. You'll see that in two years. That place is going to blow up. The it rent's is right rent. now, man. It's, I know. The rent's so affordable, and there's nothing down there. I was just down there last week on Monday. It's not cracking. I know <laughs> I know a couple of chefs and, uh, you know, People that are want to start their own business that have been really looking at Tacoma because a lot of people who used to live here in Seattle, uh, who are getting pushed out uh, because price the price spiking, you know, for uh, apartments and uh, homes, uh, they're moving to Tacoma and they're, they're they got money, they just are not uh, they're not insane and they don't want to live in a one bedroom apartment for twenty five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Tacoma has a lot of promise, you know, it's nice, you know, they got a good, good culture down there. I was there for like six years and, uh, I find that like, if I open a restaurant, I wouldn't do it in Seattle. I'll do it in Tacoma. Tacoma used to be popping in like the late 1800s. (laughs) (laughs) 1800s. Right. The log, you know, logging was was that crack rock that took it down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Here in Spokane. (laughs) Here at the Grill Hall on State Minister, we support the crack rock. We do. We do. It is good. Belltown affiliates. (laughs) Belltown affiliates. All right. So you've been cooking since what the age of uh, fifteen? Fifteen professionally? Uh, I started working at a like a pizzeria when I was fifteen, and right. I moved around until I was about twenty. Started cooking in real kitchens when I was about twenty. I went to college, and then I uh, left and started just fuck it, just do it. Somebody asked us the other day. They're like, "Did you guys go to culinary school?" And I was yeah. like, no. "I was like, Rick back here went to real college." <laughs> 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 and they were like, oh, yeah, ooh. Like, but nah, we didn't go to culinary school. Uh, so yeah, I was looking at my next question, culinary school. No. Nah, no culinary school. I learned on the job. Just got you know? your ass whooped. That's what happened. All right, so what? Uh, 
kind of what was your what was your you want to shout out some of the old places you used to work at so we know kind of your background yeah you know i worked at tilt before i worked at our table you right. know real talented chef there uh joel Pinlow. he's a he's a g man that guy taught me a lot maria hines jason brazawi um they kind of brought me up i worked at uh aqua on names. the aqua on the waterfront when i first moved oh, to seattle ah, uh, yes. steve kane was the guy who hired me and he was the og chef at that place and he's a fucking old school baller uh west <laughs> west hood uh, <laughs> always up to no good <laughs> yeah no he's cool you know that was a lot of volume but you know a good spot you know you see a lot of uh, a lot of ballers rolling there, a lot of rich people before that you know a lot of just kind of bummy bars and whatever shit. you do it you know yeah. you, you may, still got to learn that kind of, that's no, kind of no. stuff too that was like the education right just learn how that volume push and yeah. then you you start elevating and learning you got your sense of urgency and then you start refining your technique you know exactly. if you can't move i don't care how good your technique is if you can't move you're you're dying you're drowning <laughs> in the water right? Um, motherfuckers running circles around you. You yeah. work around a motherfucker like that shit. And make a sandwich. <laughs> and make a sandwich. <laughs> While you're eating, you got food hanging out your mouth. Still, yeah, I, I can't stand that shit when you're reaching over them and shit. And you ma- you've made like four plates. Yeah, and they're, and still, they're still working on one plate, or Jesus. they're working on some side project. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Or it's like, right or now? they're using a utensil, and it's like, why the fuck are you using that utensil? Like, get a bigger fucking spoon, man. What are you doing? Here, borrow my spoon. Obviously, you don't have one. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so yeah. then, so how long have you been uh, at Art of the Table? Uh, about a year and a half. Is this two, your... Let's go ahead. Sorry. Two years in, uh, I don't know, March, April. Is this your first sous chef position? Yeah. I was the lead line at Tilth for about seven months, and I I moved on. I haven't been there in some a long time. I've never been to Tilth. Delicious. I have a, had a bunch of homies. I would have. I would have went this week, but it's restaurant week. And I don't fuck with that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna get into no, gonna real get quick. Into at the end of the at the end of the show, we'll do our little rapper rapid rapper rapid fire rapid fire yeah, uh, like question. We got some fun, fun ones. Uh, yeah, we wanted to touch base on Seattle Restaurant Week because uh, it's it. over. Well, for this week. For this week. Yeah. No, is no, it, it's o- it's no, over. It's, is it over? No, it starts it's again today until this Thursday. Son this Thursday. started yesterday. Yeah. Sunday to Thursday. I thought it was oh, done. Yeah, Sunday, no. RIP. I know. So for all you guys who don't know who or don't know what Seattle Restaurant Week is, it is... Um, Keith is making a masturbatory uh, <laughs> sign language sign uh, because I, apparently he enjoys it. So yeah. But yeah. It's not fun. But two weeks out of the... Two weeks twice a year... We have this a three a fixed prefix three course menu for thirty two dollars prefee prefee. <laughs> um, that so basically what happens is you'll go into a restaurant you'll get placed your regular menu and then you'll get a restaurant week menu and you'll have um, an appetizer an entree and a dessert and do, 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 do. this just in Johnny what the price of Seattle Restaurant Week has went up. <gasps> It is now thirty-two dollars. Oh, yeah, it was twenty-eight before. It was twenty-eight dollars. They're trying to get that money because nobody's going anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now I just read an article today that, or maybe you sent it to me about the price of food. Oh, going, is going, going down, down and yeah, but restaurants are going, going up. up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, gotta make fools more. Yeah, you got Yeah, exactly. But right. when you're paying cooks fifteen dollars an hour because the minimum wage is going up, <laughs> when they suck balls, and yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so you'll go in, you'll get three, you'll get three choices, but you'll have three appetizers, three entrees, and three desserts that you can choose from, and you'll get one. Right. Of, you can have one of each or whatever. Um, so this was started back in the day. I don't want how many years ago. I don't even know. So how, you're was, supposed to be. The well, I was looking it up, but it was like Man, the facts didn't have anything. Johnny came in here like a baller today with like note, note cards. cards and shit. I was ready, but. Uh, it was started by um, Ethan Stoll. 
and what? Anne yeah. Maria and Jason. Yeah, Wilson. Maria Hines and yeah, Jason and Nicole um, Wilson. What? So I next time I see them, I can blame them for this. Yeah. yeah well, and then you know, and then what happened was is then it got picked up by some of the other guys like Tom Douglas and Terry Rotaro and uh, you know the other big wigs, the big dogs in here in Seattle. City. Um, some of the restaurants that I wanted to shout out because we because we have homies there. Um, you were saying Agridolce because you really like Agridolce. Love Agridolce. Um, Barking Frog. Barking Frog is doing it, even though it's not in Seattle. It's in Woodenville, but they're still associated. Seattle Restaurant Week. Yeah, in Woodenville. <laughs> we yeah, we're just Jordan. We're um, shout out to uh, what's his name, Jackson, Eric Jackson, Eric um, Capital Cider. Yep, he's not there anymore. Oh, what? Yeah, he's gone. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, Le Petit Cochon, got a shout out to Derek Ronspies. Uh, That's the homie. And uh, San Fermo crew, because they're doing it too. Well, uh, you know, I, I, f- I feel for all you guys. I know it's it's tough. It's but like Rick and I were talking about it earlier this week, and like from a restaurant standpoint, it's really it's viable because it brings in business. True. Um, it makes people able to try your food if it's at a higher price point. But we have talked. I have talked about this on the show before you joined the show. We had a, for last year. We talked mm-hmm. about this. That food that's on those menus don't really represent the menu at the restaurant. That's true. Uh, sometimes it does though. Sometimes it doesn't. But a lot of times they're letting, they're also letting the line cook shine. Yeah. Um, they're putting the menu in the Sue's hands and having them run it. Like they're putting, so the chef is like, look, this is your chance. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a tryout. Like, Hey, here's a menu. Show me what you can do. And don't Tom Douglas restaurants, like don't the first week of restaurant weeks, all their chefs go on vacation. Well, I mean, since you brought it up, uh, actually I was out with one of the, one of his executive chefs yeah. uh, last week and I wanted him to go out with me. Uh, yeah, Ron, shout out Ron. Uh, but he was like, I can't go out with you. I got this big meeting with Top Douglas tomorrow. She had a restaurant week is starting. And I was like, hey man, we can go out. We don't have to drink. Oh, so we six. No, it was great, man. We went out. We did not drink. We turned up at the club. We went to like, I don't know. Well, he went to the club with me. I went to like a metal show. And then <laughs> to the club. But uh, we turned up and uh, he made it. And uh, it, he said the meeting was went fine. And uh, they had it all lined up for him. They <laughs> just handed him paperwork and said, this is what you're serving. Yeah, so cool. that's, I mean, they made it easy on him. That's, I, that's what I've heard that they do over there. Yeah. I mean, they have a really good staff and they have a. You have know. a billion people working for him, so infrastructure, right. right? That's right. Tom Douglas is doing it up. Man. They got helpers for the helpers. Uh, man, more, I, I like all his restaurants. I don't really have a problem with any of them. They're, they're all, consistent. They are, yeah, they're, they're consistent. consistent. Exactly. That's what matters is being consistent. And that's how you have a successful restaurant chain. <laughs> <laughs> all good. right. It's so good. Seattle Restaurant Week. Uh, Rick, you want to add anything to Seattle Restaurant Week? Yeah, Restaurant Week's fun. You know, everyone hates on it. I think if it was four days. Here we go. Four days instead of eight. That second week's grueling. Yeah. Like, but why are you lying? It's not a week. <laughs> it's not a week. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like double up. Like, let's go like, oh, we're definitely. No. Well, then you get diner around, which is like a month. Yeah. And you're like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, I thought we just did restaurant week. Now it's November and it's diner around. I mean, I, I, I'm a nice guy. I don't go eat during Shadow Restaurant Week. I know all my friends. And we, I said this last year. If you see if I have a friend in the restaurant industry, front of house or back of the house, uh, buy them a drink. Yeah. You know, they deserve it. They've been busting their ass and they're getting hit. And the customers aren't really... They're 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 not they getting act, their regular clientele. They act like they've never been to a restaurant before. Yeah. 
They don't well, you know get how- ratchets coming out. You get <laughs> coming out. That's the bit about restaurant week. Is like you get these people coming out who want their three course meal for their thirty two dollars. They fancy. And you know some of them are really uh, disrespectful with the way they handle themselves. But then you get these people who don't ever get to do that, and that's also like kind of cool because you know you got these poor like families. They don't get to go have a tasting menu, three courses. That's like fancy to them. <laughs> You know, and that's kind of so, cool when you can make someone's day and they actually like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, I remember the you first time. You get into the I game because you like cooking for people. And if you got someone who really genuinely enjoyed it. Yeah, man. I mean, you know what? And if you're, you know, you go out for restaurant week and you're a customer, man, psh, drop by the kitchen and tell them how much you appreciated that yeah, uh, three course meal that maybe, you had. Maybe a shot of rounds. Huh? Yeah, whatever, man. Bring them back a six pack, you know, whatever. Thanks, guys. All right. So, speaking of, we're talking about tasting menus. Yeah, uh, that's the, that's the three menu course, today. nine course, 20 course, whatever. We're going to talk about tasting menus everything tasting menus. everything it's tasting popping up menu. like pretty hardcore in this city right now well i mean it's been popping up since the 90s well yeah but i feel like more and more like more often now i'm seeing restaurants either go towards the tasting menu theme or start up and they are just like we do tasting menus in a la carte and that's our swag all right let me explain to some people out there who don't know what a tasting menu is basically it is a um they offer small portions of several dishes during one single meal um they specialize in, you know, maybe uh, one type of cuisine, some house specialties, um, or different flavor profiles, seasonal ingredients. Um, it became popular back. It's been going. They said it dates back uh, centuries and centuries. I'm sure. But it became super popular thanks to uh, El Bulli in Spain and uh, Mr. Thomas Keller, the mm-hmm. French Laundry. And ever since then, it's been spreading across the United States. They said some uh, go all the way up to like 40 courses. Damn. Um, I wonder so, how much those are. Like five hundo? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I didn't look up prices or anything, but uh, in 2013, a New York Times food critic, Pete Wells, the dude I was hating on, oh, uh, yeah, 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 Mr. Thomas Keller, dude, shot him. That letter was brutal. Did you read that thing? Oh yeah. Whew, but you know, uh, uh, Thomas Keller Nature took that L, and uh, he admitted, you know, he's got some work to do. Uh, he said that tasting menus are uh, expensive and pretentious, um, and they're spreading across the United States like an epidemic. So. I don't know. I mean, I enjoy them. It's a tour. It is. And I think that it's really important, um, especially in this day and age where we're getting to the oversaturation of restaurants where people are getting complacent with the food that they're putting out and they're just like putting out the same shit. You know, you can throw a rock at a, at a restaurant, you know, almost anywhere in the we city. Just, they're, yeah. they're all doing like fucking, you know, garlic aioli and asparagus with bocarones and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That shit is delicious. I mean, fire. It's <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's the thing about it is do that on a tasting on menu. On a tasting menu or something like that. But it, Give me a, one bocarone. Yeah, like a quarter. Please. But it's like you go into a restaurant and then you look at this menu and then you have these courses come out. You don't even get to choose. You you experience your your palate gets an experience that it's never had before. You eat stuff that I see people like at our restaurant. They come in and they're like, I don't like scallops. And they'll eat the scallops. And they're like, oh, I really like this. Or they eat the foie gras or they do, you know, they try things that they usually don't try. And like if you ha- if you get to pick and choose what you want on a menu, you're never going to experience because you're always going to choose what you want unless you're an experimental type of person and then you'll be like all right I'm going to get the fucking like pickled beef tongue or something like that but you know what I'm saying like so when you have somebody like helping you out and they're like this is good we know what we're doing let us let us create something for you that's a good experience I think that we should be spreading that around like an epidemic yeah well I I think that they should offer that at restaurants oh yeah 
most definitely. Uh, we were just saying about Altura, you know, switching to a tasting menu only. Um, I mean, sometimes you don't want to go that big. You but know? I think you, it works for them because I think they only did really tasting menus or anything like that anyway. Because they're what were they super busy all the time? I know that they do. Business. They're always booked. I know I that mean, they do look, business, but are they like? I don't even think they take walk-ins. Word. So because I know they're like because if they're reservation based, then tasting menu is fucking key. Yeah. Then you know how many people you're serving to. You know exactly how much product you're going to be using. I mean, relatively, but you know it's a good way to keep overhead pretty low. Hmm. Hmm. I don't think about that. <laughs> we'll go there next week. Let's go next week. Uh, what? Yeah. I mean, Step I can me in. Let's go. Yeah, wake your game up. <laughs> I'm going to get Tasty Menu. Sweet, bro. I went in February and that shit was fire. Like, the Tasty Menu thing is a real fun thing because it's like, um, it makes it easier. Like, you go to a place, like, what's good, you know? Well, with a tasting menu, it's like everything's going to be good because you got the guys cooking it for you. They want to cook this for yeah, you because yeah. it's like, we're going to blow you up and you're going to love all of it. <laughs> when you, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you order that one dish that fool's made like a million times, like, this is bull. Over it. I'm done. I'm done here. No, it's a tasting menu. It's like, we're going to give you everything because- It's fresh because we're fresh in our minds. We're going to just like break you off because that's what we do. Um, that's how a lot of places stay relevant though too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're, you go to a place and they're known for that, you know, you're always going to keep going back to see if they're always going to surprise you. I know that there's a couple places that I won't go to because the menu's the same. Yeah. I go there all the time and they, they maybe change a couple of dishes, change a couple of ingredients on it. And it's like, it's the same old shit. Well, I remember when I was, I'd say like 2008, um, when I was first like getting really into cooking, um, I was noticing that there were places that were doing uh, rotating menus like every day they change the menu like Blackboard Bistro in West Seattle and like um, La Medusa in Columbia City it'd be like almost every day they would change their menu and that was that was something that I didn't see very often back then and nowadays you see that like that's the thing now it's yeah. like you change your menu regularly you get those seasonal produce and like all that shit um, so it was you know it's it's cool that it's like making a it's making a comeback because back then you'd be like I can't go to Blackboard Bistro because it's too expensive because <laughs> you know they're using quality produce and yeah <laughs> exactly you know, <laughs> well, I mean, that's also a thing with some of the restaurants is like who their purveyors are. Yeah. You know, are they getting the same thing in all the time? We're getting uh, some hot shit right now. <laughs> it's good. Not every place is art of the table, though. I know, you know, but everybody can, you know, at least support a little bit. I mean, everybody gets fortune found. You know, yeah. that's something that, that a lot of restaurants have been fucking with. Um, but, you know, uh, who do we got? We have Alice's Farm who gives us all of our fruits and stuff like that, right? Yeah, she brings, she's going to be bringing the quince here real soon. <laughs> Bring it in the quince. Bring it in the quince. We have people who just she walk in and with like bands of like tomatoes and carrot or corn and shit like Hot that. Hot tip from Grill How Long Steak Mister. Go make friends with a produce person. Yeah, go to your farmer's uh, market and meet go up. Go to any farmer's market, make friends, tip them fat, and you will walk away with a fat satchel of... Of them goodies. Of, they'll pick plums. you up the best stuff. <laughs> of the plums, yeah. <laughs> they're going to go to that truck, the stuff that, that's not even on, out on yeah. display, and they're going to just like make me a bag of like $10. Yeah, and you're like, ooh. And you, know, you don't ask. You just get, you know. Like, it's like a tasting menu for what they got. <laughs> exactly. It but comes then, full circle. And, yeah. then, and then eventually once you, get, once you get up there, then they'll be like, hey, come out to our farms and like, you know, hang out. And then maybe you get a job, you know. That's, that's how I want to start. I want to make cheese. Like, that's my next step. <laughs> I'm going to work on a dairy farm and make some cheese. Until it's a baller. Goats and shit. Dirty the chef. Goat. Mo dirty chef. I love, yeah. I like to get dirty. I like working with animals and shit like that. Alive animals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now you're taking a step to the wrong side, my friend. <laughs> I like alive animals. I also like dead animals too, but you know, the blood gets everywhere. 
What are you doing? What are you no. doing? Oh, okay. I see what we're I see what we're doing. Anyway, so yeah, so um with the tasting menus, uh we'll, we also wanted to touch a little bit on Michelin stars, um, because now that people do these high class fine dining restaurants usually are just prefixed um, tasting menus and those are the guys who are getting these stars. Um, so a little background on Michelin stars was it started in uh, 1900 by Andre and Edward Michelin and it wasn't even meant for food. Um, it was started for cars. Um, it was meant to bring awareness because there's only like 3,000 car owners in France at the time or something like that. So they were trying to up the ante and make people buy more cars. So they were basically giving advertisements for petrol and um, tires and all this stuff. So what you know of it today has nothing to do with what it started with. Um, so it's been going on for quite some time. And um, after the war, World War One, that's when they started um, introducing food. Uh, they introduced started introducing hotels in Paris and that's what got the really kickoff and then after the second world war that's when they started adding the star system um to all of this so then they went over to Spain Portugal um Great Britain uh they went to Germany uh it sounds like some douchebags outside are playing with their motorcycles get off your crotch rocket um <laughs> And yeah, so they went all over and started hitting up places. It was super funny because Italy got the Michelin star guide and at some time and their first year they got nothing like zero. <laughs> no, but no restaurants got it. But so, yeah, so it's pretty cool. So now they they have a rating system of zero, one, two and three. Zero obviously means it's just a regular <laughs> ass restaurant. Um, one is a is a good restaurant that they would definitely come back to. Two is very, very good and definitely something that you would want to take a trip to go see um and three is exceptional and that's the place those are the places where you would be like in america and you would fly over to another country to go eat at this restaurant that would be the three michelin um in america we have uh the michelin star guide over here as well we do it in la and san francisco um new york uh dc just arrived chicago oh yeah in chicago that's the og right yeah, I think they might even do it in Las Vegas. Oh, that just started. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, word. So, yeah, so it's up and coming. It's coming around. Um, in America, it seems like it's a little bit different because I feel like in Europe, the, the cooking mentality is so intense that... Um, these those people live for these things you know like they will kill themselves if they don't get these stars which has happened <laughs> so in, in America it's a little bit different but I do think it's a good way of celebra celebrating um, the cuisine that is up and coming and popping and trying to do things that are breaking barriers you know what I'm saying so yeah I don't know how I feel about that rating system what do you mean the zero to three or I mean, just like the Michelin star. Or, oh, yeah. It's outdated. Yeah. yeah. No, it's super outdated. I mean, it's over a century. <laughs> oh. It's outdated, and it's all about, it's all about like, politics, I feel like. You know, none of those restaurants are bad with any Michelin star, but you have people who don't want these stars, and they come in there, and they, they just ruin your entire life by giving you like two stars and all of a sudden you have so much business coming in and you're like I can't I don't want to be like popping like that you know thank you but no yeah you know especially when you get to that third that's when you're like booked out for the year you know uh, yeah it's, I mean the wait, waiting yeah the waiting list to get on some of these it's a blessing and a curse yeah, yeah. um yeah, I don't know. We, we we talked about, I don't know, a couple months ago about how they didn't uh, recognize Japanese food. Yeah, but now they do. For, 
I don't know, I want to say 40 years, maybe. And in Japan, when they did introduce a Michelin Guide to Japan, it fucking went off. But they didn't understand. The people that, that were giving the ratings didn't understand the cuisine. Yeah, they didn't want it. No, it wasn't, you know, didn't fit into their box of what's good. Yeah, can't, they have a shit ton of Michelin star restaurants in Japan now, though. Well, it's probably because I feel like the Michelin needs to uh, progress and become relevant still. And, like, you know, they're, like, they're French-based, so they have... They want loyalty, loyalty to French chefs, you know, and they, they kind of cater to that. But now it's like, well, people are like, oh, well, there's more cuisine in the world than just France. There's yeah. a lot more um, things that are better. And they're like, well, we don't want to be left out of that. So we're going to start giving our stars out. So we're still relevant and a yeah. part of that. So it's kind of selfish in a sense where they're just like, oh, you get two stars. And they're like, well, fuck you. <laughs> Thanks. I didn't, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's I, like, I who are you to say I that? You. Or what do I have to do to get that third star? Yeah. Like, you know, you don't know. But that they, is interesting. Do they release? They don't release like, you know, what you did right, what you did wrong. The system's weird. No, yeah. yeah. And, they're, and, you know, you don't really know what the ranking or what the judging is. Uh, mechanism is like how they're actually judging everything. Is it for taste? Is it for service? Is it for decor? Is it for like, you know, I think it's for everything. Well, yeah, it's for everything. But, uh, it's like, what, what makes you that three? Yeah. But what if you're running, what if you're running a, what if you are running a, uh, small restaurant on a beach out somewhere and you're in the middle to, of nowhere, you're trying to cook but you're food. making the best food in the world. They don't know about it. Does that mean, you know, some place that's rated is better than you? You know, that's a, good, that's a good point. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's, it's, and if nobody tells you, you know, it, I, I just think that sometimes it's, it's publicity that people get and left exposure. Out. Yeah. And a lot of people are left out that are making just as good food. No, totally. Um, but it's not highbrow. It's politics, you know, and what happens when they get the Michelin stars and people come to that restaurant, they get paid. The Michelin rating gets paid because they gave these people three stars. It's all about coming back to getting that dollar. I feel like you don't need them. Yeah. Um, it's always a feather in the hat when you get three Michelin stars. I'm not saying that's not a yeah, big deal. Yeah, you can never deal. get that taken away from you. That's not a, it's not saying it ain't a big deal. I just think it's overhyped. And uh, in Seattle, I don't think it's relevant. Definitely not. No, I agree. I mean, if they were to bring it over, which they most likely will not, it would be cool to see what restaurants get where. But Do you I, think someone would get a Michelin star in Seattle? Have you all ever ate at a Michelin star restaurant? I haven't. I haven't. I have not. No. So I don't know what that I have friends is. that have. I don't know what that experience is like. I just don't. I like I to think it's grander than what we're doing. But I feel like I feel like I have eaten like I've eaten food that worthy, is. That worthy of yeah. a two star. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, I've had, had a service that was like orchestrated. And great. That was, I've had great. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and I, I don't, you know, I don't feel that, you know, anything should be taken away from restaurants that don't get, you know. I think, yeah, it's kind of a slap in the face. The James Beard Award is a, is always really nice and it's a step down, I feel like, globally, you know, in the food cooking scene. <laughs> They're like, who's James Beard? <laughs> like, James Beard? Dude was a hack. <laughs> um, you know? Well, what other rating systems are there? Um, I don't know. I think that James Beard is the award system in the uh, States. And then you have the Michelin Guide. And I don't really know. Like, I don't really know. I don't really, yeah. really, you don't hear much about, I mean, I there's the Zagat Awards, but it's like, is that really? Zagat Awards. Awards. Like, is that, I mean, that Wendy's on 38th Street was the best burger I got <laughs> exactly. in the city. Well, doesn't, doesn't AAA still do a pretty fire food guide? I don't know. Like the for your car and stuff that like that? That would be interesting, though, because that makes sense with the whole Michelin uh, 
blah blah blah. I just feel like you can get bought when you have these guys. You're, you can pay people oh, for these you awards. Can totally pay people for this shit. So is it authentic or not? It's like, well, who who do I have to pay to get three stars around here? Whose dick do I gotta suck? You get a star. <laughs> I got some cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's real shit though. I mean, that's it's good that because I don't know how many people out there really know or care about the Michelin star system who listen to this show. But for those of you who are out there, this is a good show to listen to because we're just going to go in on it. I mean, I, I would love, I would give anything to eat at some of these restaurants. You know, you know, the funny thing is, is like, if you go to San Francisco, uh, if you go to San Francisco and LA, you can go to these Michelin star restaurants, but you go, you go in and it's nothing spectacular. You know? Shit. Some of them places are beautiful. Well, no. Yeah. And they're beautiful. But like when I went to San Francisco, and I feel I'm not worthy to step into some of those places. I, you know, I'm talking about like, I was talking to my girlfriend about it. Like, you know, I'd be that asshole walking in with a hoodie, some beanie on and be like, can I get a shot of Fernet? No, yeah, whatever. Like, fuck, fuck how you dress when you go out to eat. If you appreciate good food, that's the one thing I've Shut learned about. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing I've learned about working at Art of the Tables. You never judge somebody by how they look when they come in because I've seen people come in looking haggard and they get two tasty menus, wine pairings and a la carte for the kid. Like, it, you know? For the kid. For the kid, you know? Like, those fools came in last night. Yeah. Like, they, they brought their kids in, like, two months ago. These kids ate, like, nine courses. Like, Damn, <laughs> you're, like, seven years old. Far um, the work. They came in last night. That was cool. The thing about tasting menus, it's like, you know, I feel like it's always put up to be a little more of an event than it has to be. It could be a little more approachable for everybody. You don't yeah. need to get all gussied up. Granted, some people want to get gussied up and well, go out you, for the event dinner. You like your espuma. Nah. Hey, big spoon. Big spoon over here. The ISI. I was like, what? We be using that? It's a tool, man. It is. It's good. It's good shit. All right. That's going to bring us to the end of our rant about uh, the Michelin. Is there anything you wanted to add to it? No, I I just wanted to let the world know because, you know, um, our chef always talks about how he wants us to get up to the Michelin status. And I think our food is pretty hot. What is that status? That's what I don't understand. It's a a hundred percent. It's a hundred sixty panoramic. Everything. Perfect. You walk in the clean square. And when you eat that food, it's like that brunoise is a perfect quarter quarter inch by quarter inch by quarter inch. You know, like Mm. everything to it. I strive. I think Altura would get a star. I think, it, oh, One fuck star yeah. star for sure. Yeah. Um, I also think Camelus would get a star. Camelus would definitely get I a think, star. I think people uh, already are voting for Willows Camelus. Willows and Lumney would probably get two, Willow. maybe three. I yeah. think they're they're one of the best restaurants in the, the whole country, I feel like. I've never ate there, but I follow them, and uh, yeah. they got hype. I, I will be eating there shortly. Yeah. I know it. I feel it. Um, I mean, I felt like when Herb Farm opened, they were on that. They were on that. They might get they a star. Were, yeah, I feel like, they can you know, definitely it's a special. That. It's a special event, you know? I feel like a Michelin star is a special thing. You don't just... Go out there for casual eating. It's like, no, you go out there it's to, an event. to remember for, you know, That's a while. why it's weird. It's because a lot of like, I feel like if the Michelin's trying to invade casual fine dining, it's kind of like, well, you're just leaving your authority at the door. It's like you, you were the, you're the judge on like fine dining, like really high paid events. Like, but now it's like, okay, you're going to start giving Michelin's to Wendy's and shit. Like, <laughs> like how desperate are you guys to keep relevant? Disney like relevant, just be yeah. a little more picky. Like is, oh. is there a, is there a, 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 a um, or can they just give out as many as they'd like? I don't know. Or is there only so many allotted to There's only 500 stars they can give out. <laughs> and that's it. Is that real? No. <laughs> no, I mean, it, 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 that'd be a good idea to have like a certain amount of stars so you don't like, I just feel like, you know. Step oh, your game up. Yeah, it's like, we got to be real choosy. Like, 
you better come up with your list right now. Be real with it. I don't have any room for error. <laughs> and it's like, well, there's 12 extras. It's like, nah, they're off the list. You no. better figure that out right now. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. So basically, um, that's what we wanted to say about tasting menus. Um, Michelin star guides, restaurant week, all, you know, have a little bit of something, something in common. Yeah, I wanted to, um, I wanted to give a quick, um, quick list of a couple of uh, tasting menus to try out in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. If you're new to it. Some of them are fancy. Some of them are not that fancy. Uh, but you got Staple and Fancy, uh, which is in Ballard. Yeah. Uh, of course, Canlis. Mm-hmm. We'll do a tasting menu. I've actually had their tasting menu. It is quite delicious. Altura, which we always up, up them. That's a really, really good one. I've had that one too. Uh, Tilth. Um, it's great. Um, let me see. Tarzan, Tarzan I Jane, which I have not been there yet. You said you're going to go eat there? I've been trying to get there. Yeah, I've been trying to get there. The reviews, though. What about them? They're, they're, they're splotchy. Off. They're splotchy. Yeah? Yeah. It's not even open they're for that long. just getting hated on. Yeah, I think they're getting hated on. I want to go for paella day, you know? That's yeah. what I keep on saying. Sunday. 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 Anchovies and Olives. Uh, that's an Ethan Stoll restaurant. I've never had their tasting menu, but I can't really complain about um I mean, the food there is decent, so. Um, of course, Art of the Table, where these two boys uh, work at. Thank you. Uh, try that one. Mistral. Um, yeah. Their tasting menu is money, um, and it's not really that expensive. Um, no, when so, you really break it down, you're gonna be spending just as much money if you eat, you know, it's like ten dollars a plate. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tavern Law. Well, uh, shout out Big Tuna. Um, they're still open. Yeah, they're, they're done. Yeah, no, they're not done. They got sold. To they, got re- else. they got re. sold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. They oh, they sold. got sold. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Dog. And on top of that, man, they are shitting. People are shitting on the old owners, man. Like, you know, why to kick a fuck, kick a dog when it's down? That's you fucked know? up. Well, they did kind of lose like two million dollars in back taxes, and they did some shady shit. But that was the that was the invest. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, Spinasi, uh, you can try that one out too. And um, yeah, I mean, those are just a couple to start off with. Uh, some are expensive, some are not. Uh, if you have not tried one, I highly recommend. Um, yeah. they, they can be large, they can be small. They whatever. can be large, they can be small. I always say if they offer you the wine pairing and you think it's a little too much out of your price range, split it. They'll definitely yeah. let you split it one all day. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Eden Hill's tasting menu. I had that about three weeks ago. That oh, was on fire. Sh- we're supposed to go there. I haven't um, eaten there yet. Max Patty's tasting menu was on fire. Um, also, uh, Le Petit Cochon's tasting menu. I had that about a year and a half ago. That was really yeah. wonderful. Tilth was great. Um, I had another one recently. I can't remember where, though. Oh, Sorry, guys. I don't remember your no, guys' name. You're all good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, quick rapid-fire question to get to know you a little bit um, a little bit more. Uh, these are going to be real quick and fast. Uh, pirate or ninja? Pirate. Uh, what kind of kitchen shoes do you wear? Uh, Crocs. Oh, my man. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite music to cook to? Uh, metal. Uh, what kind of metal? Like, <laughs> like hardcore, like thrash metal. Okay. Robbie's a metalhead as well. I enjoy the metal. Um, <laughs> Beth, <laughs> stop. Favorite burger or chicken uh, sandwich in Seattle? Red Mill Burger. Double double cheeseburger with that crispy ass bacon. Oh, he knows. Okay, what kind of chef knife do you use? Um, I have a Takeda. I also use Richmond knives from Chef Knives to go. I rep him all day long. All day, baby. Uh, shorts or uh, pants in the kitchen? Pants only. <laughs> <laughs> Take your shorts somewhere else. Too. Okay. Uh, what do you drink after your uh, after your shift is over? Uh, Fernet. Fernet, my man. Uh, favorite cookbook? Um, right now, that's a hard one, but I'm looking into uh, Moro East. Um, also, Sean Brock's Hux was really nice. Um, John Besh's Southern Cooking 
book was great, as well as the uh, Flower and Water book from San Francisco is wonderful. That's so funny. We were Paul Bortoli cooking by hand. That chef was the chef of Garen. That's the original chef of Garen. Was that chef? Okay. Um, What's your favorite restaurant in Seattle right now? Whoa. Um, I would. I'm after at Eden Hill. That's my boy Max. Um, Everybody's saying. I that. think he does great yeah. things. He's, he's 26. 26. <laughs> fire food. Great combinations. Nothing like he's doing Seattle food better. Great than combinations. You know what? You didn't know a man could throw combinations like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just he's. He has I like, gotta get there. I'm going. I'm going. Well, he has all I'm the talent in the world. Get those cauliflower chili quiles. The That's crispy pig head. The crispy pig head. He has like the head cheese. He fries that with a little pear, like uh, almost soup uh, puree on the bottom with like serrano chilies. It's on fire. Okay. Um and. And then uh, who's your favorite chef? In the city or in all time? Uh, well, you can do both. In the city? Oh, that's a hard one. I think, you know, the best meals I've had is Nate Lockwood. I'll turn off to give him that one. He That was the best meal I've had in Seattle. Um, favorite chef of all time? Um, Julia Child. That's a good answer. Yeah. I like that. I respect that. Template. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> any quick questions you want to ask real quick? You know, I know Rick pretty well, but, um, you know, what's your uh, favorite spice? Favorite spice? Uh, celery seed. See, I told you that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a broad question. No, but if you cook for real, then you know. All right, and then last but not least, my favorite question is if you're forced to eat a human, uh, what ethnicity of human would you Forced would you to eat? eat a human baby. All right, a baby. <laughs> Little baby Johnny, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so an Afro-Latino? Fire flame. He's an, Amer- oh, he's an American. <laughs> yeah, little baby Johnny. Love it. An, Ameri- an American baby. An American baby. Johnny looks like he don't meat on his bones. Hey man, I got. I know. It's cool. I got marrow. My mama dog. taught me how to gnaw them chicken bones. I got marrow. I got marrow. <laughs> got so that greasy wing. Got the marrow buns. <laughs> Batter me up and fry me, dog. We good. All right. Um, and we let uh Rick uh we let him pick our uh I ingredient, yo, ingredient yo. of the week. Uh, what did you choose? Sir, celery axe, celery root. All right. Um, do you want to explain to people what that is? It's a root vegetable. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's about it. Is it the bottom of celery? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the bulb. <laughs> it has. A, it has a lot of. Uh, it's a lot of sweetness under t- underlying it's sweetness tones. Yeah. Um, Shave that shit on a salad. A homie. little. That shit's crack. Uh, kind of lightly anise. In a sense, you know, <laughs> anus. In a sense, if you want to go, um, you know, it pairs well uh, with uh, I. I way I cook celery root with coffee. Root vegetables get paired with coffee every time because that sweetness rolls out. Okay, like that. so we'll let you go first since you are the guest. What do you want to do? Uh, I got the uh, coffee roasted celery root salad. So you take mm. your celery root, dice that up. You can. Uh, Take a light roast coffee. It has to be light roast. Um, just kind of dredge it in there with a little olive oil. Roast that in the oven. About 350 for about 45 to an hour to tender. You should be able to pierce it with a fork. Um, take a bitter chicories, a uh, little maple. Dress your salad with a little maple olive oil. Your celery root, some celery mm. diced up. Boom, a little uh, coffee uh, crumble on top. You mix that with a little hazelnut powder, light roast coffee. Boom. Done. Light, Girlfriend would love that dish. Light, easy. Maple, coffee, celery equals sex on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big Ricky. Jahani, do you want to go? Do you want to follow that? Yeah, sure. I'll follow Rick Devious. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to do something real simple. Uh, I'm just going to do a celery root remoulade for that dipping. <laughs> Double dip. Double dip. Uh, so Never double dip the chip. <laughs> you just get uh, you get a cel- one celery root, 
you don't need too much. Just shit. Those, if you've ever seen a celery root, they're fucking huge. So, yeah, just get one celery root, a little bit of salt, some lemon juice, Dijon mustard, um, hot water, and olive oil. Um, you're going to season it up with a little bit of red wine and white pepper. And what you're going to do is you're going to peel your celery root, dice it up. And then you're going to put it, um, if you have a Roboku with a shredder attachment, that'd be dope. You'll put it in there and shred it up, make it nice and small. If you don't, then you can use the grating um, side of your box grater, like for cheese. Basically, you just want to make like thin strips so that they can marinate real quick and like get that flavor penetrated. Um, so after that, you are going to place your mustard in the bowl and you're going to drizzle in some of that hot water and incorporate it completely. And then you'll add in a little bit of vinegar until it's nice and smooth nice and sexy velvet um white pepper to taste a little bit of salt um dice up some capers throw that in there um toss in your shredded uh celery act mix that up and then you just can like set it out for a little bit and you know dip and go i mean it's football season dip so. and go yo yeah plus you'll blow some people's minds apart like what the fuck is that and like it's just some oh celery my god, it's celery act we a lot my god honey <laughs> Like, how'd you do this, Norm? <laughs> All right, uh, uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it easy, like side dish. I'm gonna do a celery root mash. Super easy. Yummy. Two pounds of celery root. Um, you're gonna need a half a cup of cream. Um, three, four tablespoons of unsalted butter. Uh, salt, and we'll go uh, white pepper with Johnny. Um, and then we'll do uh, some um, thyme, fresh thyme. Um, you wanna peel your celery act with a uh, knife. Uh, you want to cut it into quarter-inch dice. Um, you want to get some water boiling. Uh, throw some olive oil in there. Throw a lot of salt. Um, you want to boil that hard for 25, 30 minutes. It is a very, very, very hard uh, root vegetable. Um, you want to strain that, pull it out, mash it up. You want to toss your cream in, your butter in, uh, salt, white pepper, um, and then throw in your um, thyme. Yum. And uh, super easy. Bling, bling, bloom. Uh, shout out. What is that? Victoria? Victoria Ontoria just got engaged. <laughs> Damn. Hey, we got a trader is yeah. getting married. Uh, he's now, he was a cook and now he's in the kitchen. I mean, he was a cook and now he's in the behind the bar. I was like, uh, if you're a cook and then you're in the kitchen, then you're still cooking. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, that is my recipe for a celery root mash. Uh, it's delicious. Um, Man, there's so this this is pretty versatile. You can do a yeah, lot of celery shit with can this. do a lot. I was actually gonna try and do a cake with it, but then I decided I want to do ice cream. Yeah, you know, what my girlfriend made the other day. She did yam cakes. Ooh, um, she, fire, dude. And I was like, I never had them. And she just shredded a bunch: egg, um, onion, kind of like a latke with yam. Exactly. Ooh. Shit was fire. Yeah, we kind of had that today. We had a um, we had a vegetable dumpling with sweet potatoes and that like, shit was so good. But I was like, she made a sweet. She did a syrup. She made like a syrup. She like added honey, and I was like, we need savory. You need some yogurt, some you like know, a spiced yogurt on top of that. Spiced yogurt on, on top of some cumin, something the going cumin on. Cumin coriander, <laughs> coriander, fresh right. cracked coriander. Anyway, Those all right, so, yeah. Go ahead. You want to say anything before we go? How was it? Oh, this is fun. Y'all good, man. Yeah. You're like just bullshitting. Yeah, we just uh, have fun talking about food. We didn't talk as much shit as I was thinking we were going to. Oh, which no. Which is good. We keep it safe. I don't like talking shit. Well, also, you came people in People start throwing shit you, at me. You also, you came in here. Usually, we just come in here and we just we just throw it up. We usually talk to you more, yeah. talk yeah. to our guests more, but you wanted to talk about tasting menus and the Michelin rating system, and I'm always game to talk some shit about that stuff. Problem is, I don't know if anybody involved in that is going to be listening to this uh 
show. You never, you don't, you don't know that shit. Well, I, no, I, I think, I think it'll be all right. Yeah, we should be all right. All right, that's they listen what, to us in Australia, dog. They do, they do. Grace from Canucks and New Mexico. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to thank the Soundcasting Network uh, for hosting our podcast. I'd like to thank Studio 212 uh, for letting us record here. I want to thank our super producer. Uh, Big Queef Boogie. K-Bugs. K-Bugs. Uh, I want to encourage everybody who listens to this through iTunes to rate and review it. Uh, get at us on social media. It's going to be uh, Grow How Long Steak Mister on Instagram and Facebook. It's going to be at How Long Steak Mister on the Twitters. Um, our email address is going to be uh, growhowlongstakemister at gmail.com. I want to thank OC Notes for our intro music. Check him out on SoundCloud, YouTube, all that bullshit. Um, and until next week, I want to thank everybody for listening and we'll holler at you later. Holler, bitches. Grill, how long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch.